Okay, JJ Nindra, let's start with the Noka Mantra. Om Namo Arihantanam, Om Namo Sitanam, Om Namo Ayadiyanam, Om Namo Uchayanam, Namo Luvesavasahunam, Eso Panchanamokaro, Sauva Pava Panasano, Mangalalancha Savesim, Paramam Have Mangalan, Paramam Have Mangalam. We had a couple of questions from last d- discussion that I'd like to go over. The first question is, when a lot of times when we say when somebody is sick or when somebody had somebody close to them die, we'll say, I'll pray for you. Or maybe even they request, we ask what we can do to help and they request, oh, everything's okay on this end, just pray for me and it'll be okay, that's what you can do. And the question is, does that work? Does that help? Uh, Does that do anything at all? And so we've talked about the power of prayer before in that prayer puts you in the right mindset and it works like a mantra and it stops you from doing other things, thinking about other things. So it works as samvar and it stops you and it works as nirdra because it does, it is a form of penance. But we've never answered that question that does it work for other people? It's pretty common situation we find ourselves in. So what I thought we'd do today is let's go over the prayers and let's see if we can answer that question. So here I'm sharing our book and for our people at home, this is the JES 401 book. This is the Jane Education Series number 401 and you can find it at janelibrary.org and it's totally free. And um, we are on the front of the book and we are in the prayer section. So this will be a good time to, you know, even remember how to say some prayers and just say these prayers while we're at it, while we're taking a look at it. So it'll be fun. So of course, we just started with the Nokar Mantra and it's, I bow down to the Arihants, I bow down to the Siddhas, I bow down to the Acharyas, I bow down to the Upadhyas. I bow down to all sadhus and sadvis. Just adding more people. Welcome, everybody. We're just talking about what it means when people say, I'll pray for you, or if you request somebody to pray for yourself, and if that works. And so the Nokar Mantra is all about I, 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 right? And what are we supposed to think about when we pray? We're supposed to think about the meaning of the words that we're saying. If you think about something else, for example, this is a good, a lot of us have gotten into this habit and dare I call it a bad habit where I think about something I want and I say the Nokar Mantra. Well, that doesn't do anything. I mean, when you think about the meaning of the words, that is the point, that is the purpose of the prayer. And so if you think about well, I hope that this person uh, gets through this tough time they're going through. And you say, I bow down to the Arihants, I bow down to the Siddhas. That really isn't doing anything. So the Navkar Mantra is not it. 
So let's go to the next one. Chattari Mangalam, Arihanta Mangalam, Siddha Mangalam, Sahu Mangalam, Kevali Panato Damo Mangalam, Chattari Logutma, Arihanta Logutma, Siddha Logutma, Sahu Logutma, Kevali Panato Damo Logutma, Chattari Sharanam Pavajami, Arihante Sharanam Pavajami, Siddhe Sharanam Pavajami, Sahu Sharanam Pavajami, Kevali Panatam Dhammam Sharanam Pabajami. Okay, so similar to the Nokar Mantra, there are four auspicious entities in the universe. Okay, just admitting more people here. And sharing the screen again. <clears throat> the Arihantas are auspicious Siddhas, Sadhus. So similar to all the Nokar Mantra, there are four supreme entities. I take refuge in the four entities. I take refuge in the Arihants. I take refuge in the Siddhas. I take refuge in the Sadhus. So a bunch more I, 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 right? So this is not going to help us. This is not going to, if we say this and we think about the meaning of the prayer while we're doing it, this is not going to work. All right. Next one. Darshanam deva devasya, darshanam papanashanam, darshanam svargasopanam, darshanam mokshasadhanam. The sight of the idol of the Lord, the God of all gods, is the destroyer of all sins. It is a step towards heavens and is a means to the liberation of the soul. So great, we got out of I, 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 so we're getting closer now. But is this, what we, is this what we need when we think about the meaning of this prayer? We think about Nirdra. We think about Moksha. And will that help another person? No. Okay, so a little bit better, but not it. Mangalam Bhagavanaviro, Mangalam Gautama Prabhu. Mangalam Stulibhadradya, Jaina Dharmostu Mangalam. So here is a recitation of names, right? Bhagavan Mahir, Mahavir is auspicious. Ganadhar Gautam Swami is auspicious. Acharya Stulibhadra is auspicious. The Jain religion is auspicious. Uh, not seemingly not helping anybody. Um, and if we ask somebody to say this and they think about the meaning of the prayer, which they're supposed to, it's not going to help us. <laughs> Okay. Mangalam Bhagavanaviro, Mangalam Gautamagani, Mangalam Kunda Kundario, Jaina Dharmos to Mangalam. A lot like the previous prayer, Bhagavan Mahavir, Ganadar Gautam Swami, but here we add Acharya Kundkund is auspicious and the Jain religion is auspicious. So, same problem as before. Okay, so we're doing really badly. So, perhaps everything that we do. In regards surrounding to this, I'll pray for you, you'll pray for me dynamic is totally off. Next one. Arahanto Bhagavanta Indra Mahita Siddhashasa Siddhista Acharya Jinashasonatatikara Puja Upadhyayaka Shri Siddhanta Supataka Munivara Ratnanaraya Daka 
panchaite parameshtina pratidinam kurvantu vo mangalam kurvantu vo mangalam Okay, so we have the Panchpormesti. It actually says Panchpormesti in here. So, of course, the um, five groups of souls, omniscience, who have been worshipped by heavenly gods, liberated souls, the Siddhas, the heads of the religious orders, the Acharyas, the revered Upadhyas. May all these five auspicious entities bestow blessings upon you every day. Great. So we're getting a little bit closer. I like this last line in regards to what we're talking about. May all these five auspicious entities bestow blessings upon you every day. That's great. So it seems like we're headed in the right direction. But is that what this says? I mean, does it is this the correct translation? Does it mean you? Can anybody tell me? Does it mean bestow blessings upon you? That is, there is no point in reciting this prayer unless you're telling it to somebody or thinking about somebody. Timur, I have a, I have a different question. Sure. Let's say if there was a prayer that is designed to bestow a blessing on somebody who have had a bad incident or lost somebody in their life. And we tell them we'll pray for you and we recite that prayer. It, and it's exactly says what it, what, what, what it is. I mean, let's say it's word to word uh, decide for that kind of uh, saying. Will that prayer be effective? Well, from what we know about karma theory, no. Right? Because... My actions control the karma that binds to my soul. How can I affect the karma that binds to your soul? By saying a prayer, by sending... I can't transfer any of my karma or any of my nirdra or any of my samvar to your soul. And so what does it mean for, let's say, a holy person to give us a blessing? Can we give other people blessings, even if we're not holy? The karma theory would say no. Um, that person is responsible for their soul. But in regards to uh, this last prayer, uh, I don't think it means you. I think what you're supposed to get out of it is a me. Although it says you, uh, I'm open to a different interpretation but I think it is in general. When it says you, it might be that it is the book speaking to us and it is about us. But when we see the prayer, it is about me. And in the original language, I don't see a you. But I'm open to, you know, being contradicted about that. So I don't think, although it's close, I don't think that's what we're looking for. So next one. Adimam Prithvinatha, Madimam Nishparigraham, Adimam Tirtanatham Cha, Rushabhaswami Namastuma. Okay, so this is Lord Rushabdev's prayer, obviously. We adore Lord, Lord Rushabdev, who is the first Tirtankar, the first king, it says. The first to renounce all his possessions, which is everything, 
and who was the first tear dunker. So obviously we're supposed to be in this prayer, we're supposed to admire the qualities of non-possessiveness. Say not doing anything for anybody else. And if anybody says that for us, not doing anything for us. <clears throat> this next one, I'm sorry, I don't know how it goes. If anybody knows how it goes, then let me know. Okay, so I don't know the tune, but it is, Lord, I bow down to you, the eradicator of the misery of the three worlds. I bow down to, I bow to you, the adorable ornament on the face of the earth. Very nice language here. The Lord of the three worlds. I think that's the heavenly world, the hellish world, and the world we live in. I bow down to you, the destroyer of the sea of the life cycle. So great. We're supposed to be reminded about moksha, reminded about what the ultimate purpose of life is, reminded that we are a soul, not a body. All great. Not doing anything for anybody else here. <laughs> so we notice a pattern, but I still want to go through these. Um, it's good to for you to be reminded of these prayers. Okay, next one. Vira Sarva Sura Surendra Mahito Viram Buddha Samshrita Virenya Bhyahata Svakarma Nichayo Viraya Nityam Nama Vira Tirta Midam Pravata Matulam Vira Shagoram Tapo Vire Shri Dirti Kirti Kanti Nichaya Shri Vira Badram Disha. Okay, very popular prayer here, Lord Mahavir's prayer. Lord Mahavir is worshipped by all the heavenly gods. He has the learned take refuge in Lord Mahavir. The aggregate of his own karmas has been uprooted by Lord Mahavir. I always bow down to Lord Mahavir and on and on and on. So we're supposed to be reminded about everything, right? About um, Nirjara, about karma theory, about the Lord Mahavir's qualities, his austerity, his enlightenment. Uh, oh, Lord Mahavir, show me the path to attain bliss and not show that person the path to obtain bliss. Great. So not too much help here. Okay, next one. Upsharkya shamyanti chidiyante viganalya manaprashanta tameti pujamane jineshvara. All the troubles disintegrate, the shackles of obstacles break, the mind achieves a blissful state whenever and wherever the Lord Jineshvars are worshipped. Okay, great. I like this one. It's getting closer, right? All troubles disintegrating, the shackles of obstacles breaking. The mind achieves a blissful state. Okay, great. So if somebody asks you to pray for them, well, would this be it? That is, I hope that you achieve a blissful state. It doesn't seem like that. I think it's supposed to remind us that Jainism is the right path. That when you focus on the worshiping the Lord Jineshvars, that it is the right thing to do. I don't necessarily think that this is a blessing upon somebody else. All right, here we go. We only have two more, so I hope we have some good candidates here. 
Shivamastu Sarva Jagataha Parahita Nirataabhavantu Bhutagana Dosha Prayantu Nasham Sarvatra Sukhi Bhavantu Loka May the entire universe attain bliss. May all beings be oriented to the interest of others. Let all faults be eliminated and may people be happy everywhere. Okay, I like this one. I think that this is the closest we're going to get. That is the universal prayer of friendship. Welcome to everybody who just joined. We're talking about, does it work when somebody says, I'll pray for you, or if you request somebody to pray for me. We just recited the universal prayer of friendship. Does anybody think this is what we're looking for? That we should say this one if somebody asks us to pray for them. It does seem right, right? So it does seem like, may people be happy everywhere. But, okay, I wish for your happiness, but does that have any effect on you? Uh, Garment theory says no. But what is the point of this prayer? The point is the prayer, when you recite it, is for you to be open, for you to be happy, for you to realize that everything is governed by karma and that you have control. Uh, the point is not, I wish that person was friends with me. The point is not, um, what is the point of you wishing happiness, people be happy everywhere? I believe that the point is to change yourself, not to change other people. Okay, we have a last one here. Kame mi salvajive, salvajiva kamantume. I forgive all souls. Let all souls forgive me. I'm on friendly terms with all. I have no animosity towards anybody. So once again, we've circled back to the I, I, I. Um, it's about me while I recite these prayers. It's not about other people. Uh, so we have our best candidate was a second to last one. The universal prayer of friendship. I'm saying, may people be happy everywhere. So, does anybody think that this is the answer to the question? When people say, I'll pray for you, or you pray for me, that this is the one we should recite. Similar, I, I have a... As we were going through, I thought any one of the prayers will work to send the positive thoughts and 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 wishes. Uh, what what I what I believe or what I was kind of trying to to link to is karma theory, and obviously what person has experienced uh, based on their karma is not going to not going to change. I mean, it has happened. the 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 circumstances have have happened. I think what the positive thoughts and prayer will do is help them to think about future 
and their karmas that they they their actions actually uh, post the event that has happened and will allow them to accumulate more positive karmas than than less uh, with this support of the prayers and wishes. Uh, just as an example, I mean, you know, let's say if something happened to uh, somebody and, you know, that person is like, okay, it's fault of this person and not, and that person is going to start communicating more karmas, but, or more bad karmas for the future, uh, instead of thinking that, okay, what I experience is because of my own karma, uh, it's not going to change, but I need to uh, do, I, I need to, to, Except, or I need to perform the actions that's going to drive positive karma, and I don't have to experience such circumstances in future. But I, I have, on, on a scientific way, I've heard about there were some experiments done, like you know, in different countries, and like you know, they call it sixth sense or something like that, where the thought travels. And uh, I, I think the positive thought or the prayers can be transferred by any prayers thinking about that to give that person that positivity and uh, alleviate the pressure or the circumstances that put on that person. I, that, that's my thought. Great. I'm open to that. Uh, is there any place in the book or anywhere that you've heard of that says that a positive thought can affect another person. My positive thought can affect another person. We always talk about the power of positive thinking and how that reflects ourselves. And certainly that's true, that if you change your mindset, you can change your life. Uh, we've talked about that many times in this forum. But if I send a positive wish to another person, is there any evidence that that, person, that person's life will change no matter how minute? And not, I'm not talking about physical evidence. I'm talking about, is there any theoretical background in the book that says it? For example, is there any place in the karma theory chapter that says that? I... I, I guess uh, I might sound defensive if I, defensive if I say, but I, I think my, my thought is, it, this is one of the limitations of, of science and theories. Uh, like you said, there are a lot of books about positive theory and positivity uh, and such, but I honestly have not seen anywhere in this book that we have gone through, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. Right. And no worries about sounding defensive. We're trying to get at the truth, right? And my, uh, in our discussion, we're going to have some uncomfortable truths. Like the biggest one is your attachments to your family, right? Your attachments to other souls, your attachment. These are the uncomfortable truths about Jainism. And I would like to lean into it. I would like to discuss it. And no worries about finding things offensive. You're free to believe what you want to believe. Um, but for purposes of this discussion, I would take the position that it doesn't help, okay? So if I, if I sit here and pray for another person, if I don't think about the words for the prayer, it doesn't help. If I do think about the words for the prayer, it doesn't help. And if somehow the prayer is perfect, like the universal friendship prayer 
or even a more perfect prayer, whereas I wish that person would be alleviated from pain. I would say that it doesn't help. And moreover, there's nothing in the book or in any other text that says it does help. This has just become a kind of a cultural stand-in for, I care about you. This has become a cultural stand-in for, uh, everything's fine. I understand you would like to help me. You pray for me. I think that um, it doesn't work. If it makes people feel better, that's great. But there is a way out, so it's not all bad news. Now, we've, we've said that these prayers can work for ourselves and not for other people. But if you want them to work for other people, here's what we can do. We can offer to pray together. If we pray together with another person, that will help them because they are praying and they are reciting these things for themselves. And they're doing the Samvar by not thinking of any other things. They're doing the Nirjara by doing the penance of the prayer. They're being reminded of moksha, that the soul is not the body. They're being reminded of the Panchparmesti that we've been talking about. They're being reminded of all the things that prayer is supposed to remind you of. So if we want to help, we have a way out that is not sitting at my house, praying for you at your house, we can offer to pray together. And that will definitely help them. And the text says that, and we know that because we've been praying for ourselves and finding that those things happen, that power of prayer happens to us. So we can have the power of prayer. We can harness that power of prayer for other people. And so... That's what I'd like you to take away from this, that, well, we can't really do anything apart, but we can do things together and that will help everybody. So questions or comments about any of that? I know we have to let you go at uh, 11.15 today to get to your kids' classes for the parents' portion of the kids' classes, so we'll do that. The only comment I'd make is, I guess with prayers is sometimes the actions afterwards. So we can always do the prayers, but uh, if we're not performing any of the actions, then we're not going to get the benefits of it. So what kind of actions are you talking about? Um, what are we praying for? Um, if, if it's, you know, uh, forgiveness and not putting those actions into behavioral afterwards and mm -hmm. you continue to so I can always commit the sin or pop in and come back the next day and keep doing it and ask for forgiveness but if you don't change your behavior. So we all pray for the goodness of everyone and uh, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, if we're not performing those actions afterwards, then what's the benefit? Absolutely right. The point of the prayer is to change our mindset, is to remind us of all these things that it's so easy to forget about, that we're a soul, not a body, that there's a such thing as a moksha that we're trying to get to. So absolutely correct. Uh, that is the point of the prayer is to help change our actions. That's right. So other questions or comments? I think uh, it will be a tough blow to some people. But uh, hopefully I've given you a little bit of hope in that if we pray together, everything that the person asks for, if they say pray for me, or everything that you want, if you ask somebody to pray, 
uh, will happen if we pray together. So a little bit of a silver lining there. Okay, we had one other question from last time, and that is, how is anger associated with fear? Is it always that anger is associated with fear? Uh, that is, what is the relationship? And so thinking about it, <clears throat> at first it seems, uh, I think superficially it seems not correct, but let's go deeper. So for example, if I get angry, if I ask a friend to pick me up from the airport, he doesn't pick me up and I'm waiting at the airport, I get angry at the friend. Uh, is that associated with fear? Superficially not, because I just have to, I'm just I'm super annoyed. I'm wasting my time. I have to call a cab or I have to get an Uber or I have to call somebody else to help pick me up from the airport, something like that. I'm not really scared, uh, but, and we have defined as anger as the mismatch between reality and expectations. I expected my friend to come pick me up from the airport. He did not. The reality was he did not. And I got angry because of it, because I had that expectation. But where does fear come into it? You know, thinking a little bit deeper about it. Well, is it, am I scared about getting home myself? No, not really. Uh, am I scared about, I have to arrange my own transportation? No, not really. But uh, am I scared that of being left alone and now I got to fend for myself? That That could be it. Am I scared about death? You know, we always uh, associate, I think, as far as uh, human beings, we always, we're social creatures, so we always associate being alone as ha having a higher chance of dying in our very hindbrain. So perhaps it is that. Uh, let's take another situation and think about anger and fear. Um, I asked my uh, kid to do something. She says yes. She doesn't do it. I guess it's kind of the same situation as the airport. Um, I get angry at my child. What am I scared of? I'm not really scared of dying. I My expectation was that she would do, he or she would do it. She did not do it. Um, I'm scared that the child is not learning the things that I'm trying to teach the child, right? And so yeah, it could be fear. Um, and you know, it was really interesting. I. As I, you can always ask why to every question, obviously, that um, you ask and go down as far as you want to go. But there does seem to be a correlation that uh, a lot of emotions are tied with fear. And I, as you go through this exercise, what I found that a lot of the fear is always down to the fear of death. Okay, so if you're going to a new place, you have a fear of strangers, that's a fear of death. If you're going, um, if you get angry about people not acting the way they should, well, you think about relying on each other to live. And if we can't rely on each other, we're scared about dying, right? So I do think that there is something to this as we dig deeper. It, I think it's a little bit too reductive to say everything is about a fear of death, but certainly a lot of things are about a fear of death. So let's think about scenarios where we get angry and how can it be because of fear? Or does fear play a part? Can anyone think of a scenario where we get angry that is not rooted in fear, if we dig deep enough? Well, I, I, I certainly have an example and um, where I believe it's related to fear, but it's I, I haven't translated all the way to the death, but I think it's 
mainly with the kids. You know, part of our anger is because who can you get angry on? Somebody's less powerful than you, typically. And uh, our kids end up being the, uh, the person on the other hand. And so part of it, it's, I, I call it more of hurting our egos. Let's say what happens is uh, if we play a soccer game and my kid is not the best performing kid, my expectation is, is that they perform well because I'm fearful if, you know, they don't perform like others or even better than others, then it's question of my reputation, my own ego and my training, if you will. Whether you, I have not stepped on a soccer field myself, but my expectation is that they perform well in soccer. And, and it's similar in, in a lot of different fields, like, you know, let's call it dancing, let's call it uh, karate or whatever it is. We, uh, we want uh, them to perform well just because to keep up our reputation. And uh, I think it's more of a pride or reputation or ego, whatever we want to call it as, to protect that. Sometimes we get angry. I mean, sometimes it's just with your colleague or somebody to, to maintain your point of view. And you might not represent your anger as strong as it is, uh, but you will just you know keep on going just to satisfy your own uh, pride, if you will, in a, in a good terms, not not even in a bad terms. But so so that's my thought, uh, my my few cents on it. That uh, it's it does originate from your own um, uh, self, and it is related to uh, fear. Is is the, one of the drivers for the anger. That's really interesting because you brought ego into it. We were talking about anger. And of course, we do know that our four kashayas are anger, ego, deceit, and greed. And you brought ego into it and you thought that, oh, the fear is related to the ego. So that made me think of, well, what about deceit and greed? Certainly deceit is related to fear. We deceive people because we fear what will happen if we tell the truth. Uh, certainly deceit is related to fear and certainly greed is related to fear. We're fearful of not having enough money. We're fearful of being on the street. We're fearful of doing this. Even, <clears throat> even if I may say so, it's irrational. We have an irrational fear. Like there's no, like maybe I have money and there's no way I'd be on the street, but I still have an irrational fear of doing that. And then I get greedy and then I get greedy about acquiring more money because of that irrationality uh, in my logic. And so certainly that we can find a base in fear in all of our kashayas, anger, ego, deceit, and greed. And that leads me to believe that it is associated with that expectations part, right? And of course, everything is because we can't change reality. We can only change our expectations is that when we have those expectations, even with ego, deceit, and greed, is that we are fearful of the outcomes, but that part of what shapes our expectation is a fear of the outcomes. And I certainly think that there's a lot of truth in that, and that if we uh, analyze our behaviors in that mindset, we can do well to root out this anger, ego, deceit, and greed. If we think about what we could be fearful of as we experience these emotions, perhaps that's a more base emotion that manifests as anger, ego, deceit, and greed. So that's very good. That's something to think about um, as we continue. Any questions on that or any questions about the prayer stuff we talked about earlier? I know I got to get you out of here in five minutes, so I wanted to leave any time for questions and comments.
Okay. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate that. And we'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.